and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Jessica Humphreys, joined today by Abdullah Abdullah for episode 100. <laughs> Abdullah, how does it feel? 100 episodes. Okay, it's not really our episode 100 because we started a new feed, but we should celebrate 100 episodes of Blue Royalty. Do you want to do a speech yeah. for our poll? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy and yourself. Um, no, it, honestly, it doesn't feel like 100 episodes. I don't know if that if that's if that's an accurate description. I, I Time feel flies like, when you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. We just we just keep rolling through these, and I'm like, when I when I found out this was going to be 100, I was like, wait, what? We're going to be on a 100? Like seriously? Like it's 100 episodes? Like it's crazy to think that we've done that many. Um, but it's been great. I mean, rolling out the Chelsea news analysis, games, whatever. So, yeah, it's been a great ride, and and uh, you know you've done you've done a great job yourself. So, you know what? Good job, you made it. We couldn't do it without each other, and we couldn't do it without you, listener. So, thank you for joining us along on the ride. We really, really appreciate your support, and we're glad you listen to us because otherwise, we'd just be talking to each other and that would still be fun but it's more fun to be doing it with all of you guys we are obviously coming to you today after a little bit of conclu- confusion because the clocks changed and abdullah and i <laughs> didn't realize even though we've been doing this for what this is our third season doing this together yeah this happens yeah. twice a year the the clocks in dubai do not change at all um but the clocks in england do and suddenly we go from three hour to four hour time difference so yeah We've kept Abdullah up late. At least it is in 12 hours, so I'm good. We, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was worse when I was in Australia. That was harder to deal with. Um, but yeah, obviously we are wrapping up sort of the end of the international break, looking ahead to the Villa game that is taking place on Saturday lunchtime here in England. Um, other little bits just to go through. We'll talk a little bit about Ballon d'Or and maybe some of the controversies around that and touch on the small documentary Frank Kirby did because I think there were some interesting things in there. But let's start with some of the things that Chelsea players got up to in the international break. And Abdullah, I want to start with England, obviously a team that um I know you've written about, you've written a whole book about, and obviously I follow very closely as well. Lots of Chelsea players featuring in the international break for England. Um, I think they pretty much... I don't know if I say they all covered themselves in glory, but let's start with the two I think did cover themselves in the glory. And one thing that was really exciting to see was we got to see Neve Charles start a left-back. Serena Wiegmann went back to a back four. Charles started in both games. Um, England beat Belgium 1-0 in the first one and then lost to them 3-2 in the second. And... I think in both games, Neve Charles looked good. In the first game, she looked really good. But there were also some really nice words from Serena Wiegmann about how much Charles has improved over the past year and how much work she's put in to improve. And I think that's just really cool to see, Abdullah, because obviously it's something we've seen from her at the start of this season. And for her to then be getting that recognition on a national, international scale is really exciting. Absolutely. And I think it's just a testament to the rise that she's had now, especially this season. I mean, to go from being this questionable, you know, converted fullback for the last couple of seasons to suddenly becoming a natural, more natural fullback, and then to be picked by, you know, to be arguably Chelsea's best player so far this season, and then to be picked by your national team manager 
admittedly in a team that's struggling with getting proper fullbacks in, you know, namely Rachel Daly constantly playing there. But to be able to be picked and recognized by the international manager who's obviously won the Euros, World Cup final, and to be playing in the England side, starting both games and playing pretty well in both of them is as probably like your first real taste of like uh, first team action from, from the start. I think is is a huge uh, is a huge testament to the way she's fought back and really developed under Emma Hayes's tutelage so far, and to think that she's possibly the answer to England's left back trouble, I think is 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 amazing to think. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Probably about a year or so ago, if you asked me the same question six months ago, I wasn't gonna tell you. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that Neve Charles is gonna is gonna emerge as this fantastic fullback and then it's going to be England's you know going to be starting for England for a couple of games in international break so to me I think that in itself is uh it's, it's pretty fantastic so I'm super happy for Neve and, and and long may this continue yeah I agree I think sort of from an England perspective she offered a lot of freshness on that left hand side she sort of gave England the opportunity to go forward, but she gave them just defensive security. I think the problem England have at the moment is they let both of their fullbacks go forward, in this case, Neve and Lucy Bronze, but one of them can get back and defend and the other one can't. Um, and I think that kind of left Millie Bright and Jess Carter exposed, particularly in the second game. Jess Carter didn't feature in the first game. She came on for Alex Greenwood, um, who we hope is doing okay. Horrible clash of heads there. She was down for for a long period of time, but Jess Carter came on. And I initially thought that this would help England out in this sense because Carter's quite good at sort of that recovery pace stuff. But we sort of saw in this game that sort of both Carter and Bright just ended up being totally, totally exposed a bit by Lucy Bronze, but I think a bit themselves, there was a bit of confusion as well. We saw Jess Carter playing as the right-sided centre-back here, I think specifically to cover Bronze. But obviously for Chelsea, we've seen her playing on the left. Abdullah, how much do you think that's like maybe affecting her? We know she's someone who's very versatile, who can play across all of that back line. But it's quite funny, right, when you watch Carter play on the left and Millie Bright on the right for Chelsea, and then you watch them for England and they swap round. Yeah, it's weird. And it must be weird for them, considering they both kind of play. Obviously, they play together on certain sides in for club and then they're just literally just shifting over to country and in this case when you have Neve at left back you're basically three out of four Chelsea backlines so you're like why can't we just replicate that over here and I don't actually see too much of a too much of a difference when especially when Alex goes off right with the clash heads and everything I, 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 when she goes off you really have no excuse other than to just play what they're used to at Chelsea because that's where they're strongest at it's not like there's a Alex Greenwood Millie Bright combo we're like okay Alex plays on the left, she's left-footed, you know, you build up from there. There's really no excuses. So it's just, it was really strange. And again, there's no excuse of like, oh, you know, we need to protect Neve or Lucy or whatever. Lucy is 32 years old, 33 years old. She's one of the most experienced players in that England side. I don't think she needs to be, you know, you know, doesn't need that much cover. Like enough, yes, she needs to, but like I think Millie Bright's okay there. And if you want to do it on the left back side, yes, you can, but it's Neve Charles. They all know how she plays. They play with her week in, week out. So I found that very, very strange in 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 what it was. But um I guess Serena is just trying to see what would happen if uh if those two were to switch around and it was a different partner there, how would it work? How would it not work? So I guess it's the only explanation I can see just to test out uh how they would work on the opposite side. But then again, it really does still doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we kind of saw that format in the World Cup in a three with then Greenwood on the left. So I can see why they that she went back to that way. But I think, yeah, right now, England centre-backs just ended up being super, super exposed. Um, and it was a bit of a t- tough night for lots of people in the defence. It wasn't really a tough night for Frank Kirby, who also started that second game. Um, scored her first goal so it's coming back from injury really really nice finish could have got a, a second as well were it not for Nikki Everard who maybe we should come on to in a minute as well um, but I think you could just see from everyone sort of around the England camp how excited they were to have Fran back and she just offers that extra bit of quality which I think England often miss more than, than Chelsea do actually Um and I think it was really vital for England, even though they did actually still lose that game, that Kirby was there, especially with Lauren James going back to Chelsea with, with her concussion incident. Um, I think, Abdullah, it's really hard with Fran at the moment because when she was starting, I was like, ah, this makes me feel a bit stressed because you just kind of want to wrap her in cotton wool. But also at the same time, I think you can tell what that she really loves playing for England. And that's obviously something that really matters to her. And... Ultimately, you hope, right, that the operation she had on her knee, the fact that she's not got pain in her knee anymore, is actually going to allow her maybe to to stay fit, even if she is picking up minutes on international break as well. Yeah, and I think it's, it's I mean, it's just, first of all, it's great to see Frank Kirby back fit and firing, especially with that interview that she did with, with Chelsea, you know, kind of talking about how, how it was and and how the return was and kind of the kind of the whole journey through the injury, the illnesses and and, and everything and you know the bonds that she's created. And I, th- I think I think just you know having having that knee and and, and her body 100%, I think you just start seeing a different um you start seeing a different Frank Kirby and having that option there obviously the Olympics next year if 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 team GB does qualify through England um you know she'll be a huge help there and then probably you know the aim is probably I, I mean, knowing maybe maybe looking at the way Frank Kirby is, maybe the Euros in twenty twenty five is the last international tournament for Fran, right? But that's one she's aiming for. If she can keep fit and keep firing, uh, and, and go there, um, but no, I I think I think with Fran, once you start see, I think yeah, you when you start seeing a play, I think just managing her minutes now, I think is going to be the most important thing. Whereas for club or country, I think not not overloading her anymore really managing her minutes and 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 really bringing her back slowly but surely i think that's the t- that's the best i think we'll be able to see of frank kirby all both uh, on the pitch and for clubbing country and you know i think i think that way you get the most effective effectiveness out of her right so um yeah no i'm i'm excited to see her back and obviously her quality is undeniable and and her her impact in probably every game and every phase of play is is is, is great yeah, definitely. Um, from an England perspective, I just think it's a massive boost. Just having someone who can score the kind of goals she scores from the edge of the air is so, so crucial. Um, yeah, just a quick shout out for Nikki Everard, who I actually thought had a really good game, but especially a very good second half. Um, I personally didn't think she could do much on the goals. I know some people sort of criticised her for not moving for the Lucy Bronze one, but ultimately I just think I don't know. Sometimes I think in hindsight, it's just really easy to be like, that goalkeeper should have done that. Um, But I think in the second half, she was really good. Um, She stopped doing the annoying thing she does sometimes where she just palms balls away. She started catching them, made another good save from Frank Kirby. Um, And to be honest, probably kept Belgium in the game a bit when they were under Kosh, which allowed them to come back and win it. So shout out to Nikki Everard, I guess. All right, 
we will take a quick ad break here and then when we come back we'll do some more international roundup so first other thing i want to chat about from the international break is big me official getting her first goal for the u.s women's national team um we love to see it as a not US women's national team fan. I do find it quite funny now sort of like paying attention to them and having someone to root for. Obviously, touch wood with Kat Macario back soon. There'll be two people to root for on that team, but not really since uh, the Crystal Dunn days have I paid much attention to them from that kind of perspective. Um, I was kind of surprised by how little opportunity Mia official got across the, these two games against Colombia, um, but it felt like when her and Jaden Shaw came on against uh against them in the second game, it sort of really freshened up that that US side, and she scored one of her classic big fish headers, um, getting some nice separation from the defenders. She said it was actually something Alex Morgan had had pointed out to her, um, which is a pretty cool striker to be learning from, I think, on on international duty. But I think it's obvious, Abdullah, that Fischl has really wanted to play for the US for a while and I think it's also obvious that going to Tigress hindered her ability to play for the US even while it was probably developing her more as a player um it shouldn't be the case that she needed to go to Chelsea to get a call up but it's really exciting to now that she is at Chelsea to see her getting those opportunities getting that experience and scoring goals yeah for sure I mean it's uh it's it's crazy to to think that it it's it's that after scoring all those goals in 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 Mexico and you know, going to Tigres and, and, you know, people constantly calling for her to be called up. And especially when times when Alex Morgan's goals dried up, Megan Rapinoe's goals dried up, that they needed a source of goals. And then every time it would be some excuse or another from Vlatko. And and finally she moves to Chelsea. And then almost in the first international break, it's like, oh, 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 we have a, we have a good striker on, 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 on the radar. So maybe we should go and go and pick me official. I, you know, and it's, but you know what? Listen, it's great to see. Uh, I I think she's she's already had a, a good impact at Chelsea. That I think has definitely played a part in her getting called up, and it's great to see her getting her first goal. I really do think that post the Alex Morgan era at uh, for the for the U.S. Men's National Team, I think there is definitely scope to rejig the front line. Obviously, you've got Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman in and around that that front line, but I think there is something there with. Mia official being able to unlock those two talismanic players either side of her, kind of what she's doing at Chelsea. So you know, I can I can definitely foresee uh, a big role for for Big Fish to, to go into that national team and play a huge part, especially with Kat Makari coming back and when she starts getting back in that team. I really think we can see a partnership developing both at club and country level. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Mia really thrive out there and 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 do well in, in these international breaks. Yeah, it'll be really interesting because I believe lots of the idea for Vlatko was that he wanted sort of Kat Makario to play as this false nine. And obviously we don't know who's going to come and be the US coach. The supposed shortlist is um, <laughs> Laura Harvey, Joe Montemuro and Tony Gustafsson. So we'll see if it is one of those three. If it's Joe Montemuro, I will laugh so, so hard. <laughs> um, but like what they want to do, but it would be funny if like sort of Macario and Fischl end up potentially competing for depending on the sort of system that they want to play, pe- competing for the same kind of spot. It would be, it definitely make things kind of interesting at Chelsea. Um, but onto our other striker, Sam Kerr getting 
some minutes. I mean, Tony Gustafsson said she wasn't going to play that much, and then she did play quite a lot, but they were also her homecoming games in Perth, so I can kind of forgive it. Um, she scored a ton of goals. Um, this was all part of sort of Olympic qualifying for Australia. It was all pretty standard Sam stuff. One kind of interesting thing that, that came out from this was that she was asked about no longer doing backflips. She said she wasn't going to do backflips anymore because she strained both her calves at the World Cup, which is a bit of a different vibe to what I think what we thought had happened, which was that maybe she'd strained one calf. Um, again, Abdullah, this feels a bit like the Frank Kirby situation where you're like, I understand you love playing for your international team and I would never want to take that away from a player, but also it's a bit like... It doesn't help because Chelsea are so weird about injury stuff, right? You just end up with this like world where you're like, I don't know how fit these players are um, and it makes me stressed. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think you know, with with the amount of football that Sands played, and obviously not having a full World Cup, still coming on, really being pushed to her limits, and then you know coming in at Chelsea and having to manage that season. I think, yeah, with the amount of you know, I mean, if Chelsea were managing Sam Kerr's minutes in the in these opening few games of the season, and then um, obviously homecoming game, like you said, and everything for Sands had to play a little bit, but. I think managing her minutes is another one because again, we we don't want to be in a situation where we lose Sam for practically four months of the season, which I think is, I think it's less of a impactful loss this season because of Mia Fischel and and probably the other players around her. But you can't replace Sam Kerr in in, in a like for like sense. I think I think losing her for two three months will be, uh, over the course of a season may cost us games here and there, and I think I think that becomes a huge huge issue. Um, so yeah, I probably, I probably, at least players like Sam and Fran, it's just, it's just every time they step foot on, on the pitch, uh, because I think at club level, the managers know that they have to manage them and there's enough games for them to be able to give them minutes and manage. But when you go into the national game, it's, there's almost a temptation to play players for the entire time because of there's only one or two games in that window, uh, at a time. And and to them, they're like, well, you know what, we're only going to see each other once every three months. So you kind of, I'm just going to play you and then we'll see what happens. So uh, I, ho- I hope uh, Sam hasn't done too much. She comes back into Chelsea and then, you know, she can hit the ground running soon rather than later and, and we go from there. But listen, if not, you know, we've we've got we've got me official, so we should be in good hands. Yeah, um, I will chat a bit about the Villa game in, in a bit, but I assume we might see Mia starting just because her trip home from America is only half the amount of time it takes Sam to get home from Australia. Why do we have two strikers who have to go and play on the other side of the world. That's probably the worst bit of squad planning we've done in quite a while. Um, one final shout-out. I mean, I could go through all of the Chelsea players on international duty, but um, just a shout-out for Shukunuskin scoring. Can't stop. Okay, well, it took a big deflection, but, you know, who cares? We love to see it. We love to see it. Maybe Shukunuskin will play as a number nine against Villa on Saturday. Um, all right, let's do some quick Ballon d'Or chat as well. Um, notable Chelsea mention. I mean, Itana won. I don't think that surprised, took anyone by surprise. Sam Kerr came second, which did take me a little bit by surprise. Salma third. That one took me a lot by surprise. Um, other Chelsea names. Millie came in 11th. And this is the one that made me mad, Abdullah. Guru Wrighton, 19th. Oh, I, I I had a text from a friend yesterday asking, so what did you think of the Ballon d'Or uh, positions? And I said, oh, I, I was I was asleep the night before. I've missed it. Can you send me the list? And I get the I get this top twenty list. I I got the top thirty list. I think I went on a twenty minute rant on WhatsApp or on on what was wrong with this list. Like I I didn't understand it. Like Sam Kerr second really surprised me. Salma third. 
I was like, wait, what? Where did where did that even? I didn't even know that she was in contention for the top like five, let alone, you know, the top three. And then girl at like 19, whereas okay, no offense to Haley Rasso, but what are you doing in the top 20? Like, no. And again, Rachel had a great season for Villa. Fantastic. Got to the final. But at left back for England, like put I will put Guru, if I had to just switch one player right now, I would instantly put Guru either at six for Olga Carmona because she scored two goals and Real Madrid didn't have the best season in the world. Put her at six or put her at 10. Then I'm like, fine, I can live with that. But 19, like seriously, and there are some players above her where I'm like, where, why? For, for what? You know, like for me, top three would have been like... Anyway, sorry. If I go now, I'll start on the whole thing. <laughs> that's the, that's how I'm gonna stop. No, it drives me up the wall as well. And like these individual awards, they are stupid, but they can't help but rattle me because I was actually talking to a friend about this. I think even more than in the men's game, like in the women's game, these things really matter to players because they equal endorsements and marketing, and that equals money. And these players don't haven't historically necessarily been paid that much, so. If you're someone like Gura Wrighton, like that can make a really big difference. And she's probably coming off, she's coming off the best season of her career. And I hope she has even better seasons of her career to come. But you just don't know that. And it's just the Hayley Rasso being above her thing. That drove me mad because I don't even think she did that much in the World Cup. She certainly didn't do anything all season. And she didn't do that much in the World Cup. That was just really, really strange to me. Yeah, justice for Guru. But hey, even the even the Chelsea players didn't vote for Gura Wrighton to be player of the season. So... I don't know what what's happening, but Guru, oh. you are still Blue Rorty's player of the season, so yeah. that's the one that really matters. That's as big as a Ballon d'Or, I'm sure. <laughs> Before we get onto Villa, then I just also want to touch on this Frank Herbie doc. I don't know if you guys haven't watched it. I'd really recommend it. It's a, it's a ten minute thing. I will say, um, it's really interesting and she's really good. But I'm so sad that I'm always watching documentaries that Frank Herbie does about coming back from long term injuries because it's the second one Chelsea have made. Um, but this is there's some interesting bits in this talking about how she had to like come out of her shell a bit more and sort of like socialize a bit around the team because she was out of the team for so long. She talked about perceptions of weight. There's this like really sad like clip where she's wearing a jacket in summer and she says, Oh, like otherwise people will call me fat. And I think that was like something that really just stood out to me, Abdullah, because obviously. People will say what they want on like social media and I think everyone is allowed to like have a bitch and a moan about players on social media. But I think it's just a real reminder that like if you if you're doing this directly at players, if you're like naming players like this is stuff that gets seen and like also calling someone fat like that's not even like analyzing. Like There's just a big difference between these things. And I think it was just like a really stark reminder because I don't think Fran's even someone who you would think of as being like getting hate in inverted commas she's such a like like i adore her and i think she is like she is one of my favorite players of all time but she's a very like she's quite a quiet like person she's not someone that you know like beth mead will often get dragged but that's because she says like outlandish things so you're like okay like if you say outlandish things sometimes people are going to come back at you but that just felt really really sad to me yeah, no, I I agree 100%. Like I went when I watched a little bit of it and 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 I heard I read some of the quotes and everything like that and I was like I felt really bad and I felt really sad like especially the perception about weight thing that really hit home for me from from back in the day. I've kind of been in that position as well and it's 
it's really really annoying like you 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 can't help but like even if it's not true you can't help but feel it and and I, I've I've been there so I, I totally I totally like resonated with that when when she said it and and you, you know you're you're constantly trying to to fight it off and it, it almost doesn't matter what anybody says like any everybody can say like no no you're absolutely fine and then one person will make one minor comment and then you suddenly it, it triggers you and you're you're, you're off and you know, for for someone like in France position, who was on this, who was on this micros, you know, on this big stage with a microscope on her, people will just go and say things, and I can see how it affects her mentally and 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 that. So it's uh, it was it was really sad, but you know what? It's it's good to see her back. And um, and you're right, she's a very likable character. She's not controversial. She just comes in, scores a bunch of goals, has a good time, and 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 has almost felt like this um. This, this kind of this, I, I don't know how I'm just going to phrase how it's going to come across, but she, she seems very much like this under the radar, unsung hero of Chelsea over the last like five, eight years, where she's just kind of come in and every time there's a new shiny toy there, like a Penila Harder, a Samka, and they take the limelight, but Frank Kirby's just always been there and always done her thing and always scored goals. And sometimes I think we forget about that. So I, I think it's nice to see her come back and, I would love nothing but a redemption arc sort of season for France come back this season and just smash it with like 20 goals and then, you know, winning goal of the Champions League is, is Frank Kirby's penalty or something. So that would be so that would be so cool. Yeah, I honestly don't think Fran would have come back in the way that she has if she didn't feel like she could still have one of those kind of seasons you know I certainly didn't didn't don't think that like she'd be playing for England if she felt like she couldn't manage it um it's going to be really interesting to see particularly you know like like you say that like there is no vanilla harder anymore you know even the Sam Kerr effect I think hasn't worn off she's obviously an amazing player but naturally when you've had a player at your club for three plus seasons you start to see them as part of the furniture in a really nice way um and obviously with players like Macario not fit yet it's this really interesting like point in time and I think it's it's exciting to see Kirby as more of a a senior member of the squad in that sense um and yeah I hope she goes on to have a really good season and I think that England goal will have done the world of good in that sense let's take another break here then and we will jump into some Aston Villa chat after this So Chelsea heads, Chelsea and Jesse heads to the Poundland Vescott Stadium, Saturday lunchtime. I've never been, so I'm looking forward to it. I was informed through another podcast I do that they were selling out-of-date Carling or Carlsberg, I can't remember which one, on the cheap the, before the international break. So I'm hoping there's some of that left uh, because I'd love some cheap out-of-date beer. That sounds exactly the kind of football match experience I want. Abdullah... Before this season started, when we were talking about, we had a preview, we talked about like Chelsea's potential bogey team. I think we called it like a replacing Brighton category. And I picked out Villa for that. Um, Not because I thought necessarily Villa were going to have as good a season as they did last year, which I didn't think. uh, And I've written about, uh, I promise, before they got really bad. Um, But just because we have had a couple of shaky results against them in the past we're now going to this game after the international break we always start a bit slow after international breaks but Villa are in this position where they've not won any of their games yet this season um in three of them they've gone one nil up then to lose 
where do you think sort of Chelsea and Villa stand in relation to like their history versus Villa's form versus international break tax? Oh, obviously they have. I mean, Villa haven't had the greatest start of the season uh, and zero points is probably, I don't think anybody, any, and, and if you are one of these people that predicted Villa not to get any points, then please just make yourself known and, 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 and tell us how you've done it. But I think, I think this has been a hugely surprising start on both ends for both the fact that Villa have started so poorly. And then, you know, because, but because the team is so good that at some point rather, you know, sooner rather than later, they, they will need to make a comeback and they will make a comeback because They've got too many good players to not do that. Maybe, I think, maybe, Chelsea, I think, see, usually post-international break, you'd be wary as a, as a Chelsea or someone to come back into a, into a big game like this because, you know, players are tired. And this is a typical game where I think Chelsea are going to start off really slow. People are going to look a little bit tired. We're going to get to like 35th, 40th minute. Something will happen. Emma Hayes will start barking some orders from the side. And I think going into halftime, and once we come back out of halftime, regardless of the score, I think things will pick up. But then that just seems like a very typical Chelsea thing that you can almost predict from now. And I think it's in that moment that it's the only moment I can see where Villa have to take advantage if they if they are going to. Because otherwise, once Chelsea, they get in the groove, whether that's from minute one, minute five, or minute 50, um, I don't see a way back for Villa. Because when Chelsea have been on the groove, we've seen it this season already. When Chelsea have been on it, they're on it and then they they just don't let go they go pedal to the metal and and they go all out so i fear for villa a little bit considering their form if this was last season's villa um then definitely a close game and one that i could even think about chelsea even losing especially after an international break um but like you said like the team to replace brighton as as this team there um is is definitely something to think about but no i think i think if with Kenza Dali coming back, I think it definitely boosts them. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's I think it might just be a little bit too much for for them because that window of opportunity I think will be very limited. And in the form that they're in, I don't know if they can capitalize uh, on that. Yeah. So Kenza Dali hasn't played yet this season. She picked up an injury after the World Cup. Um, Carla Ward said today that she could be involved in this game. She says, whether this weekend will be too soon, we're not sure. We'll make that decision in the next couple of days. I don't know how to take that. On the one hand, that reads to me like, we want to make it sound like she could play as a boost. But on the other hand, it could be like, we're trying to throw Chelsea off the scent that she will play. I think regardless, Chelsea should still feel that they can win this game, obviously, given that Villa have never even got a draw against them. A blow for Villa, though, is Lucy Parker won't be available. She had an ankle injury that forced her to withdraw from the England squad. And I think that's a massive blow for Villa because she's probably been one of the few players who I think still looked good in this Villa team. And they've really used her as a sort of utility player. She's played in the midfield. She's played at right back. Um, she's played actually almost everywhere except where they bought her, presumed to play at centre-back. And I think Villa's problem will be that in the game so far, so they lost 2-1 to United, 2-0 to Liverpool, 2-1 to Arsenal, 4-2 to Spurs. In all of those games, they've, well, apart from the Liverpool game, they've, They've taken a chance that they've got. Um, but just defensively, they look so, so horrible. And I think Chelsea will give up chances to Villa. I think we've seen that so far, 
the midfield has sort of been quite porous. I don't think we've got our best players available. It'll be interesting to see who does feature. Obviously, Leupoltz wasn't available just before the international break, nor was Erin Cuthbert, but Erin Cuthbert did play for Scotland. Um, so hopefully she will be fit. Um, but I think still, regardless, Chelsea will likely to give up chances. The problem is, is Chelsea have put up some like ridiculous, ridiculous attacking numbers already this season. And I don't think they've been up. They've put those numbers up against teams who are like particularly worse than Villa defensively, who have looked really, really, they've really, really struggled so far. I mean, to concede four to Tottenham, I know it was one of those games where it sort of just like ran away from them and then it was like everything Martha Thomas touched turned to gold. But the pressure, I think, will really be on Carla Ward because to lose those first five games of the season is tough, even if you have played United, Arsenal and Chelsea. Like, it's, it's a tough start, but... But regardless, um, in terms of in terms of Chelsea, obviously just spoke about those potential midfield options. I assume we might still get a Sophie Ingle plus one other midfield. Um, talked about Sam coming back, so I suspect we might see Fischl start. Any other sort of assumptions, players you think we might see? Maybe uh, an opportunity again for Eve Perisic because she was one of the players who didn't go on international duty. You'd think that she might be someone who, having been around Cobham over the past week, has a bit of a better look in. Yeah, I would give um, I, I would give Eve Perisic maybe a start over there as well. I think I think she, um, she you know she she had a couple of good performances before the international break. Uh, and uh, and getting her into to, to kind of continue on to that form, I think would be very very good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think largely, I think I think Sophie Ingle is definitely penciled in, especially I think with the consistency that Emma wants from the beginning of the season, just to get the team rolling in terms of performances. Um, you know, uh, rolling on on performances, then Sophie Ingle is probably your your safest bet. And I think just kind of getting, I think I think it's just until Erin comes back into full fitness. Um, you know, and and Shukanuskin gets kind of acclimatized to the league, though. I mean, if that's if on evidence, she's already doing, she's already done that with the goals and 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 everything like that. Um, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I'm not wouldn't be so I wouldn't be too mad if Melanie was able to start this game at all. Like, I th- I think I think maybe it it's just it just feels like a game where I think maybe Melanie Loipel just gets a start with uh, Sophie Ingle just because um. Again, solid, and I think maybe Emma would be tempted to get that those two players of experience in there just to kind of make sure that you know it's it's like Villa after international break, especially when they're down and out, could be a very dangerous game. And so having a Melanie Leupold's and and Sophie Ingle in that midfield might just might just be uh, the answer. So for me, probably I think I agree with every other position that you said, and I think Eve Perse I think should and will start at right back. But for me, I think in midfield, I would pair Sophie with with Leupold's and uh, and we kind of we kind of move from there. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. Early kickoffs give me the heebie-jeebies. Post international breaks give me the heebie-jeebies. But and teams who are on losing streaks give me the heebie-jeebies. So it's a triple threat game, I will say. But once I've had enough of my out of date Carlsberg slash Carlings. Then it probably won't matter, you know. I'll just be, I'll be on the good vibes only, and and hopefully Chelsea can get a good win. I think, funnily enough, we've always sort of been better against Villa when we played them away than sometimes when we played them at home. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a positive. Um, but I definitely think the pressure is on them more than us. 
So Villa at the weekend, other big game to look out for is Arsenal hosting Man City on Sunday lunchtime. Um, Manchester United are away at Brighton. I'm going to all of these games. I'm having a really big weekend and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, Arsenal-Man City, I think, could be obviously a really interesting one. City started the season strong. I think they didn't look as good against Leicester as maybe they could have done elsewhere. Uh, they had in previous games, but Arsenal looked horrible. But it'll be really interesting. I think regardless, obviously, someone, either one or both of them are dropping points. Um which is always kind of satisfying if that happens before you have to play some of your hard games. Um, but in terms of Chelsea's schedule, we're away at Everton the weekend after next. Then we've got Real Madrid away as our first Champions League game. So I've just got my ticket to that. So if anyone's going to that, hit me up. Should be a nice night. Um, but Abdullah, thank you very much for this 100th episode. I We've gone through a lot of things very quickly, but there was a lot to get through. International breaks are like that. It's like lots of tidbits of news. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was good, but yeah, we covered it all. And, you know, we'll be back to break down the game in, in a few days' time. Yeah, we'll be ready to get our teeth into that Aston Villa game on... We're going to be recording a Saturday evening. So hopefully that will be in your ears very soon after the over the weekend. Um, but until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.